Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another Men Who Talk Through Movies podcast where a couple of guys get together and refuse to shut up. Y'all know the drill. Y'all have been here for so freaking long, and I'm pretty sure that any of you who are psychotic enough to still be listening to this podcast after listening to our voices for this long, I hope you sleep well at night. I mean, I sleep well at night. Because you're eventually going to make us money. So, let's move on. (laughs) Wow. We are doing the original Spider-Man movie from 2002, one one of the first superhero movies to launch into what we have today in the Marvel and DC universes and all the other spinoff stuff, the one that started the movement. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Today. (laughs) Technically, it was X. It was X Men. Intro. It was actually intro. 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 I cannot say it. Was Blade. Jeb's up here. James is up here. Let's get this movie going. It's right now on Netflix and Hulu. We're starting the movie in five. Oh wait, 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 wait. Three, two, one. All right, and a movie going. You guys getting the big old Columbia torchy thingy? Yes, I am. Cool. All right. So, now, Jeb and James, how you boys doing? I am doing great, Stephen. How are you? Thank you for, again, letting me host with you, letting me a part of this journey, and getting to do another one Jeb, of my favorite Jeb, you're already movies. the co-host. You, you, don't, you don't have to kiss my butt, okay? He's still in my line. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, I'm doing well. Oh. James, how are you doing, buddy? I am also doing really well. Good. Thank you for having me on again, and so soon. Hey, you've been a regular. Yeah, I think, I think that you're about to take the lead for most appearances on the show so far. That is true. I, I think know, it's, I know. I think it's a tie between like. you and Caspian at this point. Yeah, I was about to say. I think it's a tie between you and Caspian, James. Then uh, I think I'm going to have to fight Caspian for it. Ooh, to That's the death for a fight. I'm punching myself. <laughs> Can I say just like how wonderful this opening score is from Danny Elfman? Oh, Danny Elfman is just, he, he's a beautiful, he, well, I, I don't know him personally, but his yeah. music is beautiful person music. Even with the stuff with Oingo Boingo. <laughs> I'm just saying, Danny Elfman's music, top tier, especially in Multiverse of Madness. What else did he do? Because he's done a lot of the Marvel stuff, right? Well, he's no. done a few, like he did, I mean, he did the he, first two Spider-Man movies. He did, he did work with Ellen Silvestri for Age of Ultron. Okay. He um, um he did he a also, little movie called Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. He uh. was the voice of Jack Skellington uh-huh. and the singing voice because he was the lead singer. His Oingo Boingo was his band. I didn't know that until like fairly recently. Yeah. Oh heck, he's done a lot. Yeah, uh, like Batman. Danny, oh yeah, he did do the original Batman. I'm he was a scroll- theme for the Simpsons. Just scrolling through his stuff, he's uh, he's been on Coraline, Donnie Darko, Goodwill Hunting, Red Dragon, Lego Movie Two, Edward Scissorhands, Corpse Bride, Daggum Son, Meet the Robinsons. Like you guys he's said, good Spider-Man's friends with movies. Tim Burton, I think. Mars Attacks, Beetlejuice, Daggum. Oh, Batman! That's what I was thinking. He did the music. He did the, th- he did the theme to Batman the Animated Series. Yes, and then uh, from there, that was uh, moved into a. Uh, the uh, the old Batman movies with uh, the the first two that Tim Burton made at least, yes. which I have actually never seen. They're uh, all right. They're yeah, they're okay. Um, Jack I Nicholson why. was good. Yes, yes. I remember when I first saw it, I thought that uh, 
uh, what's his name? Michael Keaton. Like my thing for a while was that each of the, uh, Batman actors either did a good Batman or Bruce Wayne and Christian Bale was the only one that did pretty good at both. Yeah. I categorized Michael Keaton as being a better Bruce Wayne than a Batman. And now I can't even stomach that. I can't. George Clooney could have made an okay Bruce Wayne. Agreed. He really could have. All right. So let's, Let's talk a minute, because of course we're watching this movie, and we know this this is like classic of classic superhero films and whatnot. And because it was, excuse me, not necessarily one of the early ones, but one of the early of this generation of superhero movies. The casting of Tobey Maguire. What are y'all's thoughts? Perfect. I love I love him. Like I I know a lot of people are like um uh. A lot of people um, don't like him, and I'm just like, well, they're dumb. Heck them. But, like, he does a good Peter Parker, which everyone says that. But he really does, like, when he is in the Spider-Man mask, like, I like, like, at least in the Spider-Man video games, like the original PS2 Spider-Man video games, he does very well as Spider-Man, like, quipping and whatnot, as Spider-Man. I can agree with that. And I mean, I, I never thought he was a bad Spider-Man. I didn't either. Like, yeah. I think each Spider-Man brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. He's the best movie Spider-Man, in my opinion. Yes, I, I can okay. agree with that. I, I'm never. I'm not the biggest fan of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Um, I did like him in No Way Home. Um, Spo- spoiler alert for No Way Home for those who haven't seen it. The movie's been out for a long time. You, if you haven't seen it, like, okay, never mind. But and, and I was sort of like okay with Tom Holland. Like Tom yeah. Holland's all right. He he did he was good at being the young quirky because because I, I I do like him. He's just not as good as Tobey Maguire. Yeah, Tobey Maguire's a good awkward. Y- y'all feel me on like the awkwardness of Tobey Maguire's uh, Peter Parker. Like yes, he, he's so he's a awkward, dork. but it's like, oh my dude, I feel you. I've done such stupid. I I will defend each. Um, I'll defend each Spider Man. Like I know, like there are some favorites. There's some. Uh, some do it better than others, but there has not been a bad representation of Spider Man between the three. All right, dude. Well, we will agree with you on two of them and hate you for the third. No, like I will stand for by Andrew Garfield. Like he, I, feel I like, like him as an actor. I just don't like his Spider Man. No, I, I like him as an actor too, and that's what I was about to say. I feel like if the writers of the movie, um, hey, he said, he said the meme. He said the meme. But um, <laughs> if the writers of the movie gave him a better script, I feel like it would have been. He, his performance would have been better because even James said it like in No Way Home he was probably like the best still haven't seen it I know well I mean like I already gave the spoiler alert for No Way Home I'm so. sorry if I spoiled that for you Steven I'm sorry I don't care Steven, okay. doesn't, Steven doesn't care about superhero movies I'm kind of giving up on him I've seen the ones I want to see I think I think uh, No Way Home was the last truly great MCU product it was when, and that's what I want to that's the next point I want to get into. So one of my favorite um, movies, or not movies, YouTube videos. Um, my, one of my favorite YouTube videos is um, 
this guy named High Top Films talking about the Spider-Man trilogy, this Spider-Man trilogy. And um, what's really great about it is how he talked about this as being a character-driven story, character-driven plot. That's you true. Know? That's true. That's very true. And I feel like that is like that is why the newer Marvel stuff, I'm not exactly sure where it happens, but one of the newer Marvel stuff, um, they they are more focused on plot-driven stories instead of character-driven stories. Can we take a brief moment from that to mention how the teacher looks younger than the students? Yeah, like <laughs> so I was mentioning younger. that. I was mentioning that to Lindsay yesterday, and it was like, <laughs> I was like, man, I can't believe he's their teacher. And she was like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Babe, she they he looks." About the same age, if not younger than them. Yes, like... And these like are supposed to be high school kids. Yeah, it's like these big old buff, like, 25-year-olds just acting like, Yeah, we're cool, we're seniors, and like, whatnot, man. And then the little bitty teacher comes over and he's like, Um, guys, we, like, really need to move on. Can we move on? I don't want to um, write you up. Amelia Watson on YouTube did a, a watch-along of this particular Spider-Man movie. One thing she said was like nobody in this movie looks like they're in high school. They all look like they're in their thirties, and I'm like, well, yeah. yeah, I guess so. That was kind of the thing because this was around the same time as Smallville and Tom Welling and uh, Michael uh, Rosenbaum. Oh yeah, all of them looked much older. I mean, they were much older than the roles they were playing. The closest one I think was the actress for Lana. She just I I, meant, I mentioned to you, Stephen. They have a they have a new podcast watching through the series called Talkville. Yeah. And they had the actress for Lana, I forget her name, but she was 19 on the first season. So have supposed addressed- to be a supposed to be a freshman in high school. So a little bit older, but still closest in age than Tom and or Michael. So have they addressed the stuff with Allison Mack? Yes and no. Okay. They briefly mentioned it and like how Michael Rosenbaum put it. I think it was him that said it. He was like, we all know what happened to her. It was a shame. It's it's old news. Let's move on. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yes, because that's what I was waiting for too. I was like, yes. oh, are they going to talk about it? Are they going to talk about it? No, they were just like, it's a shame what happened. Uh, it's old news. We're not going to address it. That's probably best. It's it's. I was just uh, kind of frustrated about this the other day. I think that we've we've done a really bad job of putting the worst of ourselves on social media. And one of the worst things that we do is we talk about other people's personal lives. Yes. It's like, mm-hmm. what was it? It was the whole Elon Musk thing about uh, that former employee of his that had his baby and whatnot. And this was like a big news story for a while. And then another news story comes out and says that uh, the pregnancy was in vitro. And I was like, when was this ever a story? Right. When did this ever matter? Can we just stop? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put something out there. You guys just tell me if I'm right or not. Ready? Okay, okay. There are, for our generation, our generation of nerds, there were at least two or three females that every guy our age of our generation had a crush on. One of them was MJ in this movie. Okay. And then the other one is Hikaru Utada, who sang the simple and clean, but only for her voice. Okay. So I'll counter that. 
Okay. It's not really our generation because we were like too young during it, but we also grew up with the shows. You probably didn't, Stephen, but the pink rank Power Ranger, I forget her character's name, from the OG Power Ranger series. I could see that. And then the female lead, Daniel Fisher, I think is her name, from Boy Meets World. Ooh. Who played ooh, Topanga. I feel ooh, like those right. were the main two ooh, crushes. You're right. Yeah. MJ here was a good one. Like, I, I'd probably say she's a close third. Mm-hmm. Especially because of a certain scene in this movie, which we'll talk about. <laughs> I, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And everyone who's ever seen this movie before knows what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hashtag let him fly. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my. Oh, oh, my. Oh, wow. We'll wow. do that again later, too. <laughs> The only so, thing, the only oh, thing I know Hikaru Akata from, like, I know, I know they did uh, stuff in the Kingdom Hearts films, or game, film, game, not films, games. I wish they were films. I just I'm, know Hikaru Akata for the stuff from the Evangelion rebuilds. Ooh, that's right. I have the vinyl EP of all the songs that, from those. Man, she's got such a good voice. She's so good. She is so good. Like, that's... Part of the reason I'm a, I love Kingdom Hearts so much is for the opening and closing songs, mm-hmm. like "Sanctuary," "Simple and Clean," "Face My Fears," "Don't Th- Don't Think Twice," "Bangers," "Freaking Bangers." Don't we might need twice. to find a different word. For that. It's a bop. It's a bop. There you go. There you go. It slaps. It slaps. Yeah. Good job, Uncle Ben. I- <laughs> I've not been able to decide if uh, if I like Aunt May at this point. Mm. She's got her moments, but I don't know. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, all of the Aunt Mays, not counting the PS4 Spider Man game, which just released a PC, so I Yay! guess it's not, which is not yes, PS4 is. anymore. <laughs> but the Marvel Spider Man, I did like her Aunt May. Like she wasn't too old, she wasn't too. She wasn't mm-hmm. too young. She was right in the middle. Kind of like Andrew Garfield's Aunt May as well. She was also right in the middle. I think I liked her the best, Andrew Garfield's. Yeah. And uh, Disney, every time they want to rebuild, reboot Spider-Man, it's like... Uh, yeah. yeah, next Spider-Man. Like new uh, Aunt May, who's younger and more powerful. <laughs> yep, next Aunt May's <laughs> going to have uh, a teenage Aunt May and a baby Spider-Man. Spider-Baby. This is what when I was reading a lot of the early Amazing fan, uh, Amazing, well, it was Amazing Fantasy fifteen where Spider Man made his first appearance, but like the old Amazing Spider Man comics, mm-hmm. this is closer to what they were. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of um things closer to the original like comics and whatnot, this is about this is yet to see what happens. Hashtag but let him fly, Peter. Disney just announced a uh, just announced a MCU freshman year of Spider Man, but it's more of a what if scenario. So, and it's like animated in the style of the comics. And Daredevil's going to be in it. Yep, and Daredevil's going to be in it. I love Daredevil. Dad gum that welt. Yeah, like he should go to the hospital. You would, but he knows the U.S. healthcare system won't like be too expensive. 
You and, uh, fun fact, there's something really interesting about this part. I'll point it out when it shows up. Okay. You're not talking about the skull, though, right? That just randomly pops up on the screen? The up-close shot of the eyeball yeah. mm-hmm. was reused from Darkman. Ooh, interesting. interesting. I learned that from Red Letter Media. You're welcome. Huh. So I really like when we see the creation of Green Goblin is also like the birth and creation of Spider-Man. Yes. Like this movie is their movies. Like I love when we introduce the characters. They are, they seem well, they seem okay. They're well on their way. They're both really smart men. Then we see Peter struggles in high school and whatnot, not being popular. Norman's trials at work. They're both born and created at the same time. And after they both like Spider-Man's born, Green Goblin is born. We see the path they take, which they started at the movie very similar, mm-hmm. but their paths differ. And oh, I love this movie. This is what happens when you drink too much Monster Kyle. <laughs> every cool. <laughs> every single time that he's in a movie or of some sort, even if he's playing a normal character, he's always a little bit creepy. Yeah. Like I don't he's know about John Wick. Oh, I I didn't know he was in John Wick. Yeah, he was in the first one. Oh. Really? I gotta rewatch that movie. Somehow that was the most seen character I've ever seen him play. Hmm. He was even creepy in Zack Snyder's Justice League. I forgot he was, Who in, was the... he in that. He was like Aquaman's like Oh yeah. Yeah, he was in one scene. Yeah, he was too creepy for that role. But I, I've, I don't know if it's like his acting style or if it's just that like as soon as he did this movie, like he just stayed Goblin. Yeah. A lot of people want to see him come back as the Joker. Ooh, that would not be bad. Or not come back, but come play the Joker because of this performance, I feel like. I just do a live action adaptation of Dark Knight Returns and then there you go. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good. Yeah, because I would want him to play an older Goblin. Yeah. And yeah, we haven't done the, uh, we haven't see, done that is... storyline since those animated movies. That would be a good role for him. Steve, mm-hmm. this is what happens when you drink too much Monster. Don't drink Monster. <laughs> Don't touch that stupid battery acid. Well, joke's on you. Battery acid tastes good. I'm learning things I did not want to learn, but um, you I'm said glad that to me one time when I came into class with a Mountain Dew. <laughs> 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 That's what I just responded back with. What a face, what a face. (laughs) It's so cheesy. There this is it is a high level of cheese. Yeah. That's part of that's what he wanted. That's what Sammy wanted. Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi wanted. That's a Dungeons and Dragons poster in the background. There's a magic poster on the background left. Oh Peter, I knew I liked you. You were so I knew I liked this Peter being super nerdy. Mm-hmm. You all see that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so I'm trying to look at like the background, yeah, and see like because if you look at his room, you can even see environmental storytelling. Ooh, that's true. Like, like that. I, I, I highly recommend to those listening who loves this movie, to you guys who are who are doing the podcast with me, you two, really, <laughs> really, 
really watch High Tops film on this trilogy. I Jokes feel like you showed over me my some head. of it. I know I shared you the link, but... I, th- I might have watched a little bit of it. Oh, you now know where there I... was... Oh. You, you know that Peter has been a creeper being yes. next door to her. Yes. Now, one thing I disagree with High Top is he High Top doesn't like Tom Holland. Interesting. He thinks he Tom Holland is his least favorite Spider-Man. Whoa, that's a big okay. I I I'm I put Andrew Garfield down there, but like that's a big leap to make with Tom Holland. Like I said, I just like all the three Spider-Man. They each bring their own take, and I feel like Garfield with a better writer. I'm not going to say director because Mark Webb did a fantastic job with at least the first movie. I don't like The Amazing Spider-Man 2. But with at least the first movie, um, Mark Webb did good with directing and whatnot. I just feel like with better writers and if Sony wasn't pushing, because you know studios do that, because Sam Raimi wanted to do something different in Spider-Man 3, but the studio wanted them to include Venom. Yeah. So it's like the Hobbit trilogy. I don't blame Jackson for why I didn't like it very no, much. Agreed. I think it's more uh, corporate meddling. Yeah, because Jackson again wasn't even the original director. Mm-hmm. Nope. The original guy they Guillermo picked was like a, that was like picking him was like the weirdest thing. Like I, he wanted to, we wanted to make it as close. He wanted to make a good adaptation out of it. Yeah, and he wanted like to to also transition in tone from like a lighter story to Lord of the Rings by the end of the film, and like so, it's not like he was going to make it dark or anything. He's yeah. the guy and that I, he he was the uh, Pan's Labyrinth guy, right? I th- yes, yeah. I mean, good movie, just wildly different feel. Yeah. Also, he just wanted like he just wanted to like make it two parts instead of three, which I which, I agree. I think. I feel like that would have been better for the yes. Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have. It should have been a two-parter. Yeah, let's see. I think where you could have split it is that you drop the first movie right near the beginning of the interaction with Smaug, mm-hmm. and then you pick up there with the second movie, and then make make it like a Smaug and final battle centric film. Yeah. To keep the mystery of like what's actually inside the mountain for the next one, so it's still like, oh, what's in the mountain? What's going to happen? You know? Yeah, and that would have also put the death of Smaug right about in the middle of the film. Yeah, and that probably would have been a better place to put it. It would have kept things on an even pace. Would have taken out a lot of fluff, as opposed to the first five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so sad because it really is the best part of the film. Yeah. Yes, people, we know. We're supposed to be talking about Spider-Man. We're nerds. Give us a break. Well, uh... Don't worry, Towers we're... came out the same year. This. <laughs> How many takes did this take to, to do? I, th- I, thought it, I think it just took one, because they put Velcro on the stuff so it would stick wherever it landed. Ah, good old practical effects. I know. I lo- like, because me and Lindsay were watching this last night, and she was like, oh, I, I wonder if they just did it in one take and you CGI, and I was like, no, my, no, my love. That was practical. Not back in those days. This was like height of practical effects in movies. Yeah. It's kind of weird how Spider-Man movies, and like I think it to the game to some, to some extent, 
because I haven't gotten very far in the game, but um, they don't really capitalize on his spider sense very much. No, Ooh, well, yeah, yeah, they didn't the use it at all in the third film. Nope. And the thing, well, it does make sense because Venom will not, like, Venom will not trigger his spider sense because the symbiote was already bonded to him. Mm-hmm. At least that's the explanation. Okay. This is my man, Joe Mangello. <laughs> he would have made a gr- yep. He would have made a great Deathstroke, but again, with Warner Brothers and the what in the world is going on with Warner Brothers? You would I, I I don't know. I'm at this point. I don't care. <laughs> like here we go. Can't... Oh yes, your your yes. feeling towards Warner Brothers is me towards Disney. This is an well, awesome scene. Like this as, really is. As cheesy and somewhat gross as it is, the way they do all the close-ups and stuff, it is well, awesome. That's just, that's just Raimi's directing style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, I do think this is probably one of the most iconic... He said the meme! He said the uh... meme! I'm sorry, what, Steven? <clears throat> Uh, this is probably one of the most iconic fist fights, too, even though yes. it's barely a fist fight. Yes. Another quality meme. Yep. It really this, is. Some... This trilogy has so many memes, and I love it. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> I. Okay, so you you get you know my thing about. Um, about what's uh, what's the movie? Um, the new Batman. I forget his name. Yes. Oh, Harry's oh, face oh, in the background. Okay, moving on. I oh, by the way, this, apparently that was supposed to uh, break his teeth. Mm. Like he's got broken teeth. Kid's pretty brittle if that happens. Yeah. Uh, but what was it saying? Oh, you know Batman how in movie. the Batman, um, my big thing is if nobody could have uh, figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman by all the strange coincidences, then they should have been able to figure it out by how they both stand and stare and slow walk away. Mm. Kind of the same thing here. Like if nobody figured out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man because of that encounter, then they're pretty stupid. Yeah. I mean, granted, I don't know how much LSD they're on, but who knows? Yeah. So back to Warner Brothers. Sorry, I I wanted to talk about that fight and watch the fight even though this is a pretty iconic scene too that I don't want to talk. I want to talk through it, but not talk through it, you know? Yeah. Because him climbing up the wall the first time is, again, iconic. And this this is where I think that uh, that his acting like really comes to the forefront. Because yes. he, he does have that sense of like wonder and excitement and discovery as he's learning these new things about himself. He does, he does such a good job of displaying that in his facial expressions. And like, whenever he started climbing up, like the music, like went like the note happened every time he climbed up. Yeah. Sorry. Like (laughs) I'm a musician, but not a musician. So like, I love hearing good movie scores. Yeah. So like when I saw um Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness seeing not only Sam Raimi coming back to Marvel since Spider-Man 3 but also Danny Elfman writing the music with Sam Raimi again they made a perfect trilogy with this movie and songs mm-hmm. and 
they did pretty well in Multiverse of Madness as well, to which one of the fights is a musical battle. Which is just... <laughs> Another meme. It really is every... I, 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 do, I doubt that it goes five minutes without a new meme. We Probably not. We should be not. keeping time. I we should have. Stopwatch with me and just been like... We should do that with with the Star Wars prequels. Ooh, we should. Ooh, that's a good idea. But, um... So, back to Warner Brothers. So, they canceled... My issues with Warner Brothers started when I did my research and found out how, like, awful they were to Zack Snyder. Like, I get it. If you don't like the Zack Snyder movies of DC, fine. I'm not going to say you're wrong because that is an opinion. But do not say it is objectively bad mm -hmm. because things happen that you didn't like. Yeah, That's my two totally opinion. different things. What I didn't like was after Zack Snyder's daughter committed suicide and he stepped away from the project, they basically fired him, replaced the director, like, replaced it with Joss Whedon, and they tried to do what Marvel did, which was be more funny, but the issue was that was different tones. Yep. What's happening now is Discovery bought Warner Brothers, so it's now Warner Brothers Discovery. And they're cleaning house about the old regime. So that's a good thing because the old regime is what made um, the DC Universe kind of, you know, not good, at least not in a cinematic way, which I'm kind of getting tired of cinematic universes. Agreed. It, it was cool with Marvel because they were the first to do it and they told a co cohesive story through multiple films. But now I'm getting kind of tired. DC now has a plan of bringing someone on like Kevin Feige to do a 10-year DC plan. And you know what? If I if that's the case, fine. Just make good movies and a good cohesive story and let's move on from the cinematic universe crap. Yeah. It was, like I said, it was cool with Marvel. Marvel's probably my favorite cinematic universe. It's the only one that Up works. until Endgame. I'll mm -hmm. take the few epilogue stories like Spider-Man No Way Home, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Thor Love and Thunder to see the characters I know after Endgame. But after that, like, I'm enjoying the newer characters, like Shang-Chi. But, like... Yeah, Shang-Chi was pretty good for the most part. Yeah, but, like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, they're more focused on plot-driven stories instead of character-driven stories, which a lot of phases one through three of Marvel were. Right. Well, you've got to have a good... Well, no. I was going to say you need to have a good balance of both, but I don't think it's entirely true. You need to do what the characters and the world and the story demand. So I like, agree. Like, for like example... I was going to say, this movie, for example, yeah. this is more of a character-driven story than a plot-driven story. The plot yes. happens because of the characters. Because yes. you know what hap What else happens like that? Life. Life yes. happens because of the life we live. True. But also, it, it helps that, kind of in the, in the Spider-Man universe, the problems are small enough that one person can make a difference there. Like, for, for, for each of the villains... Thank you, Mr. Stanley. Yes. Yes, you did excellent work, sir. Um, but uh, I salute you. <laughs> Thank you. No, Stan Lee. Oh. <laughs> that was the first Stan Lee cameo I remember seeing. And I, my family went to go see Spider. They took me to see Spider Man Three in IMAX when it came out. And like when he came out, I was like pointing to my, telling my mom and dad, I was like, "Mom, Dad, look, that's Stan Lee." <laughs> <laughs> I think. So, what were you trying to say, Stephen? I'm. So You've been trying to say something, but I keep interrupting. I don't remember really what it was. What was I talking about? I don't know. Character-driven plots and yes. versus... Okay, yeah, because... 
Because for each of Spider-Man's... So anyway, guys, like I was saying, what I like, your, I what I like about this movie... I can movie, mute you for the whole call. What I like about this call. part here is this is the Mute's first time Mary Jane everyone. is... He is muted. <laughs> He's literally not coming through. <laughs> he's talking about his favorite movie. This no, he's trying. Silent voice. Yeah. <laughs> he's re- he's realizing he's really not coming through. <laughs> but anyway, Demon Slayer is not mid. No, I'm sorry, dude. You have to unmute yourself now. <laughs> unmute yourself, Jeb. Unmute yourself. <laughs> Are you doing the silent treatment thing now? <laughs> Oh my gosh, Jeb, if you're doing the silent treatment now, this is the worst time. <laughs> it's been effective in the past. I will say this. People said that Mary Jane's hair didn't look very good it, in the older films. And yeah, I can kind of see that now. It, it did look really good in the third Spider-Man film because I think she actually dyed her hair for that one. Right. Yeah, it, it looks... Dude! What the heck? All right, all right. You know what? I need a car. Do I need no, to kick you out so you can add yourself back in, or is that going to mess up your movie anyways? I just took the risk, guys. My movie's now out of sync. Okay, well, I am at looking- 128. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Wrong. I'm wrong at 32.15. 3215. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're in the right spot. Okay. So I'm not that out of sync if I am. Okay. So what I was okay, I I, I deserve that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to one talk about a serious point in the movie where Mary Jane saw scene for the first time Simple. by Peter. But I shouldn't have done it in a joking way while interrupting Steven's take on story driven plot versus Character-driven plot. So it's Steven, fine. And that's no, no, using my power. Mid. It's no big deal. Um, but these, like these movies, like you, like you're saying, they are driven by individual characters and the things that happen in their lives. Uh, Doc Ock, driven by uh, his anger and his uh, and his revenge. Um, Goblin is driven by his work frustrations and his desire to be noticed. All of these have to do with personal things, but there are instances where the story around is bigger than the individual characters, Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. It all depends on what is going on, like what's driving your story, what is the world around, and uh, what storytelling tactics do you need in order to tell that story? Yeah. Sometimes the characters' personal lives aren't that important. Right. Here, it's everything. Here... Like their personal lives are the entirety of the story, and that was all yeah. I was going to say. Don't move on. Okay. Do you think? Speaking of Demon Slayer, which that's an anime I need Ooh. to watch. You know what? An- it's you know not what? mid. Okay, I, I believe you because you know what else wasn't mid? Final Fantasy. Not Final Fantasy. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and that's another one of your favorites. No one. No one says Full Metal Alchemist is mid. You know. Who, you know who else? You know what else isn't mid? My mom. I mean, no. You guys are using terminology. I don't know. Like middle tier, mid tier. Oh, come on. You work with children. Demons. You work with children. They should be giving you the lingo. They don't think I'm cool enough to tell them to tell me the lingo. 
Demon Slayer is pretty good, though. I, I finished reading. I'm excited to watch, but an anime I am excited for. I just told Steven before the podcast started. So I'm recently getting back into Dragon Ball Z. I've never actually made it oh. all the way through Dragon Ball Z. There's the Buick. Because Raimi likes to put this Buick in almost every single film that he does. He only missed it in one. Oh. Uh, which was set in the West. Well, that makes sense. That's the West. It's a Buick. Uh, I have a Buick, but I don't have the same model, so. I had a Buick. He's a good car. Uh, the, that was the big silver car, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Oh, I love the couch tank. Drives like a tank, it's comfortable as a couch. <laughs> Then what was he supposed to do, Ben? <laughs> you at least finished that fight. Well, what was I supposed to do? Run away? No, you're not supposed to run away. So he's in trouble for finishing the fight, but you're telling him not to run away. He yeah. did great in the school. So you should have. So you should. So he should have taken the beating. Great parenting. Yeah. Turning the other cheek. Yeah, turn the other cheek while making sure you don't get your butt kicked. Yeah, there's a bunch of jokes going around right now that if. Uh... If Uncle Ben was packing, then uh, none of this movie would have happened. Correct! Uncle Ben, what happened? <laughs> Squid Game! Oh, sorry. He said the thing! Resetting the meme timer. He just looks at, the, he looks at Uncle Ben and says, All right, then, keep your secrets. No. Whoa, 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 Peter. Peter, Peter, Peter. Yeah, Peter's gotta hey, be Peter. here. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. That was uncalled for. You guys ready for a 10-minute meme section? Yes. Here we go. I'm slamming the door. A scene which, by the way, could not be made today. Why is that? Oh, I know what one you're joke. talking about. Yep. I know what you're talking it's about. The one joke in this whole upcoming scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you know what's funny about this? What was great about this movie? Bonesaw! So Bonesaw is played by Macho Man Randy Savage. And in order to prepare for this film, he spent 30 years creating a wrestling career. Um, so he could play the character more accurately. That's so funny. Yeah, spent 30 years wrestling so he could do this movie. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell. I think my favorite Bruce Campbell role, not cameo, even though he has made a lot of cameos in these movies, but my favorite Bruce Campbell role is from Burn Notice, for those who remember Burn Notice. He was right, Sam Axe. Sam Axe, he was a Michael Weston's friend. But um, my favorite cameo, I don't. I like the Frenchman from... Uh, I really like the Frenchman from uh, Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. Oh, also, fun fact. A. Sam Raimi is sitting in the audience somewhere. And oh. most of the audience was actually recruited from a local comic book store that Ooh. was near where they were filming. Oh, that's so genius. That is so... That's so... Oh, man. Jealous. Jealous fan. Okay. So we all know that Spider-Man... Each Spider-Man, Toby, comic book Spider-Man, Toby Spider-Man, Garfield Spider-Man, Tom Spider-Man, they all have a homemade suit. Yeah. I feel like Toby's is my favorite homemade suit. Yes, I agree. Like before he got his official suit. Like there's just something about this like simple tier 
home suit, homemade suit. It looks like stuff that you would find in your own closet. Yeah. Like the ski mask that he's wearing. I literally had a mask exactly like that growing up. Yeah. I remember that one. You remember that mask? Yeah. It was, was it was in one of our old skits. Oh, good Lord. I think that we actually um, got that from a Spider-Man kit. <laughs> Bruce Campbell to... is a very good friend of Sam Raimi. Like they're very like they're, they're best friends, and so that's literally why he's in every single film that he made. Yep. So, Sam or Bruce Campbell was the first person on the big screen to say "The Amazing Spider-Man." Wow! Imagine that. Making cinematic history by being able to say, um, ladies, ladies, can you shut up? I'm trying to talk. <laughs> I forgot about this. How am I doing on? Okay, I'm good. I know so- some point during this podcast, guys, I'm going to have to get up to plug in my laptop. <laughs> That's fine. Cage! Oh, this is, I don't know about you guys, but like first watching this movie, like this was the most exciting scene. Yeah. I didn't sign up for a cage match. Should have read the fine print. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> for three minutes of playtime. He is so great What are you doing up there? This this is a joke. You could not make this joke today. Cute outfit. Did your husband give it to you? Yes, yeah. he did. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he's a wonderful person. <laughs> you want to take a seat, punk? No. Uh, I think in the PS2 Spider-Man game, based off this movie, there's a there's a mode where you can like do the cage fighting and you can fight Bonesaw. Oh, I think I remember hearing about it. I never played it, but... I know we all used to have it for Xbox, which there are slight differences between the Xbox and PlayStation 2 version. For example, there's a moment where in the Xbox version, you get to fight Kraven the Hunter. Mm, yeah, because the Xbox one had its own hidden level that's not like in any of the other versions. I think yeah. I had the Xbox game. Y'all did, because I was... Cause I remember coming over one night, Stephen, and we were y'all were, we we wanted we were gonna play it, and then I was like, I don't remember this part, and you were like, What are you talking about? I'm like, Buddy, it's in this game, and I'm like, No, it is not in this game because I played the <laughs> PS2 version. That's right. Spider Man, Spider Man, human spider, remote, human spider, human spider. All right, this guy. That face. Though. It sounded like beat on the brat. That the Ramones playing when he won. I do love the shirt. Like then it, you, sorry, to, I, I, this was an accident interrupt, but he was like, "You pin him in two, then give him two grand." Mm-hmm. Sorry, I. Mm, as you were saying, you like the shirt. Yeah, I like the shirt because it looks spray painted. Yeah. Okay, now we'll probably talk about it when it comes to the third movie. I don't like the way that they um, 
as much as I love the Sandman character, I don't like that they made him kill Uncle Ben. I like I liked it when when he was the killer. Yeah, I feel like it fit better. Yeah, get out of here, Paul Blart. I mean, no. <laughs> Oh, here's Ooh, the meme. Ooh, got it. him! He said the meme! He said the meme! Oh, yep, yep. Resetting the meme timer. Uh, he shed it, he shed it. Oh, yeah, look at that smug look like, oh, yeah. That'll show him. <laughs> Uncle Ben, what happened? <laughs> Squid Game. I, I was fine with that change, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't like okay. that it was retcon. But, like, for the story Sam Raimi was trying to tell, it fit. Does it fit well having it not be changed? Of course. But, like, Peter learning forgiveness at the end of this movie and not only forgiving Sandman, but also forgiving himself. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We, we got time. We got time. We got time. We got, like, two whole movies to get through before we get to that part. Yeah. But Peter... Mm-hmm. It's very Lin- sad. I try to joke it about is. it, but I can't because it's just sad. I know. I know. Like Lindsay didn't know, like the meme face he's about to make came from this part, and she felt very bad for laughing at the memes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a couple seconds behind you guys, but that's okay. I think you're right. I think you're right. Right about there. It's good. Yeah. Resetting the meme timer. Yep, because there's the meme face. Yep. Do you know what sad, famous, really sad movie scene got ruined because of memes? What? What? Look how they massacred my boy. Oh, no, you're right! And, like, the (laughs) quote fits. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I want to talk about the CGI of this scene coming up. It's not... It's okay for 2002 standards. Yes, it is. Like, honestly, like, it's okay until you see the eyes, like, through the mask. Like, like all of this I'm, is fine. But, I'm not like, sure what you're talking about, but I'm interested to see it. Because, honestly, like, right now... Like, I think it's this shot here. Like, when the camera pans over him. I always had a problem. Like, watching it recently, I've had problems with the eyes. Probably, probably if I saw it like on a big screen, I'd agree. But really, the CGI from this era, I just think looks better than what we have today. Some points, some parts, just like some of it looks really like uncanny and like not good to look at. Mm-hmm. Has that uncanny valley feel, which I think is why I don't like the eyes. But yeah, if you watch it on a big screen, maybe you'll know. But like. Well, even at different parts of the movie, because it's like when they were just like starting to figure it out, because this was a yeah. very experimental film being the first mm-hmm. major Spider-Man film. Yeah. Uh, this is like the experimentation. And like you like we see in the first encounter with the goblin. It didn't work all the time. They, no. they were really struggling to figure it out during that scene, I think. But here, like it's just it, ah, it looks as real as you could have gotten during that time. Right, right. 
one thing I've always said that made these movies special, as opposed to a lot of other superhero films, is that Sam Raimi understands the character. Yes. Yeah. And because he was a big fan of Spider-Man himself, um, but he, it, it it got the comics right. And someone I posted that one time, and then somebody said, "Oh yeah, then why didn't Peter invent his own web shooters?" He didn't. They don't get the character. He didn't make his own web shooters. That's a, such a minor point in contrast to the rest of the film. At one point, I can kind of say, like, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from because Spider-Man made his own web shooters because, like, show off his because he's smart. He's very scientific. Yeah, but the organic web shooters make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't necessarily fault them like, for that. I'm not against the organic web, web shooter. And to be honest, again, I never read the comics. So for the longest time, I thought that's what Spider-Man was. He shot webs out of his wrist because, you know, never read the comics. Like, this was my <laughs> Spider-Man. This Stupid was my idiot shoots at shadows. Where are you? Here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what's ironic about that, guys? What? It was the first podcast the three of us did together on That's this true. series. That's yes, true. That's true. Episode two, which is episode two. still to this day one of the most uh, listened to episodes. And that was like the first time I'd ever watched Batman Begins, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, such a mm. good revealing scene. Yeah. Again, with uh, McGuire's facial uh, facial acting. So yes. good. Hey, Tom Mick. And it's also just to show how good of a filmmaker Sam Raimi is. Yes. Yeah. Martin Scorsese said that, that it then became a meme. The Martin Scorsese said that the, the Sam Raimi trilogy was cinema because they, they were actually legitimately good films, as opposed like his he was he's, he was he just made this offhand comment about the MCU being like a theme park, which made everyone mad and which was stupid. Mm. But yeah, he's right. He was right about Spider Man. Like, because this is like a legitimately good film on its own. Yes, yes. Like, I miss when superhero movies were an event. Yeah, because I don't think Marvel is special anymore. No, like Marvel, like when we get like four or five like different projects a year, like even when the MCU got started, it was like, so when it got started with phase one and half of phase two, it was about four, like not four, two projects every couple of years. Or maybe it was two projects every four years because of, you know, they actually took time. But now it's like, oh, we just got to keep going because like, the fact that they revealed their like play, plans for phase, the rest of phase four, five, and six, and phase six is going to end at like 2024, maybe 2025, I think, that says something. Mm -hmm. They don't care about making stories anymore. They're just trying to, they're just cash grabs at this point. Yeah. To sell more Disney Plus subscriptions and to just make more money. And it, yeah, you know, they'll figure out eventually that it's not going to work for long, but no. Because I miss when like Iron Man was an event when like the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, uh, mm. Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, the first Avengers movie. I miss when those were, you know, events. 
I miss the feeling of Endgame when like the culmination of 10 years of projects were coming together, you know? Mm. I miss the event feeling feel of movies. Yeah. Oh, guys, get ready to do the cheesy scream. Cheesy scream. Ah! <laughs> okay. Oh, wrong scream. That's it. I heard laugh. <laughs> How did you get laugh from scream? I don't know, but I did the Green Goblin laugh instead of the scream. Fair enough. See, I had to give you a reason to do the scream. Sure, we'll go with that. You guys want to hear a funny story? Okay, sure. You know, last time, last time doing the uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox who did a genie joke. I got a new genie joke for you. Okay. (sighs) All right, you ready? Yep. Okay. So, three guys traveling together stumble across a lamp. They rub the lamp and genie pops out. Okay. So, genie says, I will give you each three wishes. First guy says, well, I wish to be successful in everything I do. And so then uh, he ends up, Genie grants his wish. He creates a successful business and becomes a multi-billionaire. Second guy gets up and says, I want to become the richest man in the world. Well, he ends up buying out uh, the first guy's business. And the third guy says, hmm, I think that I want my arm to continuously move in a clockwise direction. Okay. A couple of years later, they come back to the uh, to the genie. They rub the lamp again. And it says, I'll give you your second wishes now. First guy says, I wish to be married to the most beautiful woman. And so then he finds the lady. He gets married to her. The second guy says, yeah, well, I just want to sleep with the most beautiful woman. So then he ends up ha- uh, sleeping with the first guy's wife. So then the third guy comes over and says, now I want my other arm to swing in the opposite direction. Okay, so he's got both arms going, right? Mm -hmm. So then after that, they come together and they decide to do their third wish. The first guy wishes for happiness. He settles down and he enjoys his money and his children and so on and so forth and just spends the rest of his life in peace. Second guy says, I want to have influence and he becomes one of the biggest movers in society. And third guy says... I'm waiting. (laughs) He says, I want my head to continuously bobble back and forth and back and forth. (laughs) They come together one year later. First guy says, I'm really happy with my life now. I've settled down. I'm happy and I'm just ready for the good Lord to take me home. The second guy says, I've really done some good change in my life and I can leave this earth in peace knowing I've made a difference. They both look over at the third guy who's... Who says, guys, I think I'm an effing moron. <laughs> <laughs> well, what gave you that, that idea? <laughs> You're not wrong. That's it. Keep going. Continue on. Well, no, like, I, I have nothing to top that. <laughs> you know, heck, talking through the rest of the movie. I'm just going to sit here and. No, I'm not going to make. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say I'm going to sit here in silence, but, uh, just visualize, just just visualize that, and you'll you'll be wildly entertained for a while. <laughs> yeah. 
there's something I do want to say about the new film, the new Spider-Man movie, but since you haven't seen it yet, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I mean, how it ends. I think Jeb's already Shoot, I'll spoil it for him. It. I, only because I know he doesn't care. Yeah. Like, Are I you know, sure? Mm-hmm. I know, sure? He, I, I know he will watch it because I do want to do all the Spider-Man movies on this podcast, so he's going to have to watch it eventually. And besides, I want to I, I want to see what all the buzz is about. Literally, everyone that I talk to that's seen it says it's an amazing movie. So I do want to. Usually, the people I know don't talk about a movie like that unless it's actually good. Yeah, so it is I good. do want to see it. It is good. I do want to. I do want to let you know and keep keep in mind. I think a lot of people are saying it's good, roughly for nostalgia, but it's like good nostalgia, not just you know, oh, here's nostalgia bait. Enjoy, you know. Yeah. So I want you to keep that in mind whenever you decide to see it. Okay. I keep it in mind. Wait, was James, you were saying? It's something about, like, the very end. One thing I didn't like about Holland's Spider-Man is that he, he's way too attached to Iron Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't like that he's, like, way too close to Spider-Man. Like, and, uh... like, at the very end, it's where it feels like he's more close to comic book Spider-Man. Okay. In multiple ways. Now, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but like the people are like, oh my gosh, they did a Spider-Man origin story in three movies. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that was the original intent, you know? The greatest Mm -hmm. casting choice of all time. You're right. Like nobody is, like they had to bring him back for the MCU. Yeah. That's how good this guy was, is that the MCU had to have him back because there was no one who could portray him. J.K. Simmons is a national treasure. He really is. Like every movie he's been in, like he's he's killed it. And he's like, even TV he's, shows. Is he's he's done stuff for cartoons. He's been he's in Portal Two. Um, he's and and actually in the game that they made for the Steam Deck, he he reprises his role as uh, Keith Johnson. Oh, cool! But he's great in everything. Oh, I also have to uh, restart the uh, the meme timer every time he comes up on screen. That's true because he has most of the memes. Which one is which movie is the one where he laughs like the the laughing one? Is that does that come uh, from Spider-Man two? Man two. Spider-Man two. From two. Sir, I was thinking about getting uh, like a raise. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, serious? Serious? But uh, and my mom. Who didn't know? She wasn't very much into comic books. She watched the Spider-Man cartoon as a kid, like the one from the '60s. But she like looked at it and she was like, "He looked just like him." And I was like, "Yes, it's J. Jonah Jameson. It looked just like him." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. They were able to do that. Also, now that they're graduated, their ages look much more appropriate. Right. That's so weird, though. That's one of the things that I'm glad that they did with this movie is making a pre and post graduation helps to make up the age difference thing and makes it feel more natural. Yeah. Like now I got no issues with him being young. He just looks like a slightly more matured young person. Yeah. There's another meme right here. What's the meme? It was the one with her. She's looking back and yelling at him. Oh, I didn't even know that one. That must be an obscure one, read. I've seen that one as a meme template before. Ah, okay. That's true. 
So one thing I I do miss about the and the newer Spider-Man movies, including Garfield's. Garfield does it a little bit better, but it's only in the first movie. New York doesn't feel like a character. Ooh. Like, you, you guys saw that whole little, um, that montage of when he dons the suit and is being Spider-Man and everyone's talking about him. Heck, mm-hmm. the end of the movie, like, New York feels like its own character mm-hmm. because of the people of New York. That's true. You don't see that in any of the other Spider-Man movies. Yeah, New York is kind of forgotten for the villains, but I mean, I, I feel like that that was a shift that happened after the first Avengers movie. As soon as they mm. introduced that worldwide threat, I feel like it kind of changed the rest of the superhero genre for Marvel. Right. Oh, come on. Because then it was like after that, <sighs> whatever. They either had to have like super the evil villains platform. or world ending villains in order to keep the momentum going. Right. Which what I'm excited about now, Kevin Feige just stated that Spider-Man and Daredevil I love Daredevil, so I have to bring the. They're now street level threats or street level heroes, not threats. They're going to deal with street level threats. They should be. I know. They should be. And I was thinking about this. The street level threats are way more better than the universe ending threats. Yes. Like. With the exception of Superman, but that's a different story. Yeah. Like, yes, with the exception of Superman, but like Batman, Daredevil, Spider Man, because like when. So. After I got engaged, Stephen, they announced that Daredevil was coming back with the same actor Ooh. from the Netflix show. Ooh. And the same Kingpin from the Netflix show. Well, they kind of have to at this point because they, they've both shown up in MCU projects since. Right. But so I decided, oh, I'll watch the I'll, I'll watch a comic story and video on a really good comic. That was really good because the street Deadpool- level threat was Daredevil really Born Again, the, the comic is just whew. that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard, and I'm trying to find find it on Netflix. I'm or not Netflix. Which I think that's why I like season three of Daredevil, because the season three of Daredevil it took a, a lot, lot of inspiration it. from it. Because I watched happened like, to poor Karen. Oh my like she gets she becomes a drug addict, drug addict and becomes a prostitute to uh pay for her addiction. It yeah. gets that dark. Like and I was watching a guy like talking about that comic and it was like daredevil is a symbol of Christ in that, um, and that comic, how a lot of imagery in the comic is like basically like those old Renaissance paintings of Jesus, how he like, how it's like his crucifixion and resurrection back into daredevil or death and resurrection back to daredevil, not crucifixion, but Oh, hold up. There's a meme. Restarting the grammar. Crap. Crap. Mega crap. (laughs) So did you guys know? Yes. J.K. Simmons voices the son of Aang in the Legend of Korra series. I actually did. Yes. I did not. Yep, he is the voice of Tenzin, okay. who is the son of Aang, who teaches Korra airbending. Because okay. he has a lot of voice acting work. He does. He was also really good as Omni-Man. Steven! What? Perfect we casting. Should, we should do Whiplash. Ooh, Whiplash would be so good. Oh, Not my temple. A, that's a golden movie. That is a golden movie. 
And the thing is with J. Jonah Jameson is that he he's not a bad person. No, he's just he's just a grumpy. Yeah, we'll we'll see in a later scene how he's a good person. Mm-hmm. Betty Brant. Fun fact: Betty Brant was actually Peter Parker's first girlfriend in the comics. Interesting. Interesting. And then she broke up with him. Oh, that's kind of sad. Oh, I thought this was a lot earlier in the movie for some reason. Yeah, they do take a while to build this up. Like almost everything Goblin related is in the actual second half of the movie. Yeah. But like like we were saying, it's a uh, it's a character driven storyline. So like the majority of this has just been building up to those climactic moments. Right. And we are about to get to what I believe to be one of the worst uh, cinematic CGI moments in history, as much as I love this movie. Yeah. Thirty days? That's like a whole month. He always looks creepy every time he does anything, like even when he's just like talking normal. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. here it works for him. It does work for him. But like like that moment earlier when uh he was talking with uh when he was talking with Peter and Harry. Mm-hmm. And he looks at Peter, he's like, I respect that. His his mouth was saying, I respect that. His face was saying, I'm going to eat your face and devour your <laughs> children. Well Yeah. I was about to say, that's a little excessive, but you're right. That's how he looks. That is how he looks. The man looks like a Tim Burton character. He looks like you could make a claymation version of him and he'd be the creepiest character uh, in any given storyline. Macy Gray, the one-hit wonder that died of obscurity. (laughs) She also did a lot of cartoon voices for some reason. I think this is kind of towards the end of the era where you had like repeat uh, actors because like it, it feels like the the scope of actors and actresses started like really small and there'd be like five or six different actors that played all of the roles within a given genre yeah like Boris Karloff and uh, John Wayne and like that that whole era like if they were in if there's a movie being made within that genre Boris Karloff or John Wayne would be playing that role Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of like broadened out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting to the point where it's pr- it's either going to narrow back in or it's going to stay consistent for a little while. Yeah. But like this was, rejected. This was during that time when there were still quite a few of the. Of the one or two actors that stayed within certain roles. Yeah. I mean, being typecast. So can we talk about Harry for a little bit, guys? I guess so. First time? <laughs> no. If you think about it, this is the first time this we're talking about Harry. talking about him so far. <laughs> My he career was broke the bro code. Cut noodles. Oh, he did break the bro code. Singular. Right. I remember ads for that years ago. I do too. Like, we used to have Singular before AT&T bought them. That's it's a very them, yeah. 2000s movie. And welcome in some really crappy CGI. This part did scare me a little bit as a kid, though. 
So, what do y'all think of the goblin suit? Cheese. Cheese. But I like it. It's like what Weird Al said. It looks like a dumb Power Rangers costume. <laughs> Which it does. I mean, again, for, again, never read the comic. So, this was this was my Green Goblin. This is how I always pictured him. Right. Even though I know the comics, I've seen images and pictures and the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s. But, like, this is just... That was just how I mainly um watched the uh seen the goblin. Also Stanley. People, I'm I'm sorry if you see me playing with this. I was messing with it while it was hanging up, and then it came off. So now I'm just uh <laughs> messing with it without it being hanging on my window. I just feel like you're gonna slip into Harry Potter mode at any moment. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm right now. I'm just twirling it around and like doing cool little like hand tricks with it. Not that I'm going to show you guys because I'm not good at it. I'm just waiting for you to go jelly legs jinx. <laughs> By the way, how am I? And then skeleton, the skeleton, resetting the meat yep. counter. That scared me as a kid. That what? Yeah. Come to think of it, yeah. When I was younger, even though I laugh about it now, back when I was younger, I thought that was. A pretty creepy scene as well. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. Getting ready to reset the meme counter again. Good job, Billy. Face your fears. He looked death in the eye and didn't move. Yeah. I wish we did like a like a mini spinoff movie where like he was actually the big hero of the story. Yeah. And like Spider-Man saving him was actually what put him on a path to a normal life instead of like defeating crime in New York. <laughs> oh, a poor guy. Ooh. Yeah. He's probably, yeah. he is probably dead. I hate this. I hate the whole thing with like the shooting at the feet thing, because like they always miss and there's always like no way that they should have missed. Yeah. It's my least favorite part of the movie now. Yeah, someone please help her. People down on the ground, help her. She ain't loyal. <laughs> it ain't worth it. Find yeah. Gwen. She, 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 amen. That is true. It's like, 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 movie MJ is like, she never stays with Peter. Yeah. And like, she's always going off with somebody else. And it's like, then just dump her, man. Like, I, even though I think, like, Mary Jane is, like, the Spider-Man girlfriend, in the movie, she just runs around on him all the time, and I don't like yes. it. That is true, yeah. Yeah. Gwen is superior. I do think, um, I do think Gwen is superior. I don't know. I, I think that... I yeah, think she that, really um, put her neck out for him. That oh, was... That, that's oh, messed up. Oh, that's dude. messed up, James. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh snap! Oh, stop it. Stop it. I'm cutting it right there. <laughs> uh, okay. We have fun here, guys. We have fun here. Oh, good Lord. Getting ready to release in the fall. Like she did. Oh, stop it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Meme counter. Okay, I've never liked this shot. The shot of, he... like, her looking over his shoulder? Yes. It yeah, I, I can agree with that. 
Because that is that's a mannequin she's holding yeah. to. Yeah, and I think when I realized that was a mannequin, I'm like, I can never unsee it now. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Watching another guy review, again, Spider-Man No Way Home got me super hyped for Spider-Man and the possibility of the other Spider-Man that I watched everything. Even reviews of these movies. The one guy was like, his complaint with this Spider-Man costume was how expressionless he is under the mask. Like, he's very stiff. Yeah, the, the thing with the eyes that they did in the Holland movies were really cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. I get that. So it looks like the comic where he just kind of squints and then the eyes squint, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, now, there's a part later I'll make fun of because I think that I, I think that Tobey Maguire does help with the, the little head nods and the twitches and whatnot. Yeah. Because, like, it feels like he's talking in those moments. But there's a mm-hmm. part like, I'll make fun of it later. I'll save it. Save, save for later. Um, incredible isn't Spider-Man's adjective. It's amazing. You're thinking of the Hulk. And Just that saying, movie was not incredible. It was it's unbeatable. But wait, no, that's Squirrel Girl. Never mind. <laughs> they they made um they made a joke about that in She-Hulk, which I'm not really enjoying. I'm just waiting for Daredevil. <laughs> it's disappointing. She-Hulk is like one of the characters I wanted to see in the MCU for a very long time, and. But not like this. But not like this. <laughs> not like this. You're a freaking disappointment. <laughs> yeah, that that first episode didn't help. But I they made a. Through, I'm. I. I would think my life has been worse than yours, even though that you have been hunted by the government ever since that gamma bomb hit you, and uh, you get stranded on a planet for two years and everything else. But that's nothing compared to being catcalled. Or mansplain. It's like catcalling is bad, but like there's nothing like that doesn't even compare. I mean, good lord. I know that. Also, got to reset that... the meme counter. Moving on, though. I, I feel like part of the issue is is like a lot of the times, you know, these are written by the Hollywood big shots, and, and while on one hand I can sit there and say, like some of the stuff seems probably a little more exaggerated than what happens in real life. I also remember they're in Hollywood and that is actual life in Hollywood because Hollywood yeah. is like so like corrupted in every way. Like, so. Cause I want to, I want to point out, I don't want to discredit the women who do feel like that, mm-hmm. but to say that, Oh yeah, I'm better. But to because say the, that to Hulk. But yeah, like, cause she says it in a way of I am infinitely better at controlling my anger than you while saying those were the reasons while also about to get angry. Yeah. So it's like you're sending mixed signals. Now to the women who do face that, I don't want to like downplay that because when I first read it, I was like, oh yeah, that's not good. But like at the same time, I'm like, is that really why you're better at controlling your anger? Is that really a reason to get angry? Again, I'm not a woman. I don't know. So I don't want to speak speak for it. But I'm just like, don't say that the reason why Hulk was always angry was like we said, he was hunted by the government, got turned into a monster, tried to kill himself and couldn't and was trapped. And like, you're, but all She-Hulk could say was like, yeah, I got cat cold and people mansplained to me. And that's- so I have to control my anger. That's why I think it's important that we have to remember, like, there are differences 
between men and women and the way that we process things and the struggles that we face. Because, like, for us dudes, yeah, there's a lot of things that women go through that we never go through. But, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, for our families, we're the ones ultimately responsible. Like, we have to hold things together when things fall apart. That's yep. that That's our role. That's what we do. So it's different pressures may not always be uh, equal amounts of pressure but it's different. Yeah. That's why those those role distinctions are so important. Yeah. Oh, oh, you ready for the meme counter? Through the cigar cigar butt. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really cool. We see um Jonah's character here. Yes. You slime. It took me forever. I think I was like the fifth time I had seen this movie to notice that you could actually see his mouth under the mask. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's such a cheat. But it was, but it was just like, he went out of his way to defend Peter Parker. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That like speaks a lot about his character. Sure, he's grumpy and he's 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 grumpy and a grouch, but like, and he hates Spider Man because a mass killer was the one responsible for the death of his wife, and so he's inherently suspicious of people that wear masks. So that's why he doesn't like Spider Man. Did not know that in the comics, at least. What was the? uh, I I think it was the Spider Man game that you played on your channel, Jeb. Mm -hmm. Like that, I pointed out that if you remove just like one or two lines from a Jonah's radio show. Jonah. Why'd I call him Jonah? Well, he's Jameson. 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 You take just a few lines out of Jameson's radio show and he sounds really reasonable. And it sounds yeah. like Spider-Man actually is the problem. Yeah. It's only because they put in like a few things where it's like, eh, that's unde- that's unquestionably wrong. Yeah. But like the rest of the time, it's like, wow, that actually makes sense. And he actually yeah. does care about New York. The, it's, 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 a, it's a common trope right now when it comes to writing villains. Is that they will say stuff like in, in newer, in like in, in a lot of newer media, they will say stuff that makes a lot of sense, but then they will do immediately something that's awful to help realize tell the people that they're supposed to be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I feel like most of the time it's a little bit lazy. I think that this is before things went downhill like that, and so like the villains feel more like definite villains. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know what shifted, but something did shift where we have like too much compassion and empathy for the villain. You think maybe Frozen? No, not Frozen. Frozen was a twist villain. Uh, compassion and sympathy. Uh, I'm trying to think of when that started. Anime I, does that a lot. But... Anime does do that a lot. Um, the first time that I really noticed it was with... Uh, Oh, what was that show? Uh, Once Upon a Time. Mm. When they made you, like, really compassionate for... Uh, for the, the evil queen? The evil queen. That I had a problem with, because it's like... It, it's... It, it was so much on the, we're going to make you understand who her character is. We're going to make you understand why she is the way that she is. And reality is that she's selfish. That's just it. She's selfish. Yeah. You don't have to have like this 
fancy flashy backstory in order to get that. It's just she is a selfish human being. Yeah. Her, yeah. her voice barely carries past the th- the first row. It really does. Mm-hmm. I love that line. <laughs> you know, the sky's <laughs> yeah. the limit up to 784. Oh, Harry, my supposed bro. I'm just wild about Harry. <laughs> Every guy. That's true. When talking to their crush. Even though she is bad news for him, because she really is bad news for him, she does push him to become the hero that he is throughout the rest of the movies. Yes. And, like, guys need that. Guys need the girl that pushes them to become the man that they're supposed to be. But Mm -hmm. can we have it without... The, the game playing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I get what I, you're saying. Like, how, how do I, I wasn't sure that? what they were doing in this scene either when I was a kid. Yeah, no, yeah. The, this scene does change when you're an adult. It I is. just thought they were going to mug her. Oh, my naive brain. Oh, you see that this reference right here with the, the bird on the, on the wall here is also a dark man reference. Oh, yeah, there it is. I see. Huh. Yeah. But this was the scene that they, they filmed a similar scene to this as the test footage for Spider-Man. Interesting. Get him. Get him, Mary Jane. Be Definitely strong. the darkest scene in the film. Yeah. Definitely one of them, because another scene comes to mind. Uh, this is dark, but I guess realistically dark, this is the scene. But the other dark scene I was thinking was in Spider-Man 2. When they're trying to cut off Doc Ark's Doc Ark's arm and the arms go like, you know. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was the most terrifying scene in Spider-Man history. Yes. Well, that's just Sam Raimi flexing his muscles when it comes to being a horror director. That's true. Yes. Is it because he did the Evil Dead trilogy yeah. long before he did Spider-Man? Gee, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Not coincidence. You're amazing. Just the way you are. Can we also point out here about how how he rescues her, they have their little kiss moment, and then he leaves her there with all of these supposedly unconscious people. Yes. Some hero. Some hero. This also has become one of the most iconic kiss scenes in movie history. It really has. Why? Don't know, but it is. Because it's upside down. Oh. Because I don't think there had been a kiss scene like this before. No. And the fact that they bring it back for the second movie and the way that they bring it back, I used to think it was really cheesy, but now now that I've kind of studied storytelling a little bit more, I get it 100%. That was so good. Mm Mm-hmm. From a to- storytelling pr- perspective, I'm trying. I'm trying to get into the art of storytelling and learn sting- things. It's just I have too much on my plate right now with my masters as is, and oh yeah, job hunting and wedding planning, and also trying to learn the skills of IT. Yeah, 
It's a it's just, a lot, my dude. It is a lot. One day I do want to learn the art of storytelling. Right now I just don't have the time. It's but just I'm an definitely full of recursion. Or, or at least whenever Spider-Man 2 comes around, because they do the similar setup. Yes, Yeah. And again, storytelling. Masterful storytelling. Always loved that swing into the building. Yeah. And giving this moment where you're looking through the civilians' perspectives, probably yeah. one of the best moments of the movie. And see, that's what that's what I'm getting at. New York isn't a character anymore. Yeah. Not and I'm not even talking about other Spider-Man movies. I am just or other uh, Marvel movies. I'm just talking about in Spider-Man. Yeah. When Spider-Man is like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man from the series or from the series where he like interacts with the people of New York. I watched John do side missions of the new the kind of sequel but not a sequel to Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And one of one of the coolest things about those, which I'm I don't do side quests. I'm I'm sorry. I to me, I think they're a waste of time in the video games, but that's mm-hmm. just me. But what I loved about those side missions in Spider-Man Miles Morales was that it showed the people that Spider-Man served. Yeah. Where Miles Morales served the people of Harlem, because you know, Miles right. Morales is a black, um, young black. Um, African American, so which I'm not opposed to. Just no, I'm not it, either. Just make it good writing, which it, it is like how he interacted and like <laughs> developed relationships. Like, because me, mine, and John's deal was because I played the first half of um the game on my PS4, then I got it for my PS5 on a free upgrade, and I was like, I don't want to do this whole game again. So John was like, Well, let me play it, do everything up until that point, and I'm like, All right. Fine. So I watched John play through the game, all the side quests, and that made the ending of the game more impactful because I got to know the people of Harlem and New York. Yeah. Also, by the way, um, fun fact for longtime Mongoose fans, the scream that the Goblin did at the beginning was the inspiration behind the scream and told him not to. <laughs> Which I think the told him not to um, video was when we were talking about earlier that mask, the ski mask you had. Yeah. That was the same video. It was. Yeah, that's right. That was. And, and at the time, like that was our best work. 100%. Gosh, I miss doing those types of skits. Me too. I, I, I would like to get back to the point where we've got a group of guys in the same area where we can come together like once every month or two months and just do like three like dumb little videos like that just for fun. I agree. Those were some of the best memories yeah, from I, uh, the high school years. I talked to Lindsay cause I did show her a few of our videos and she, I was like, so what do you think of my acting? And she was like, it's awkward. And I'm like, oh, how dare, <laughs> but she's not wrong. She's not, but Hey, that, that was part of the fun of it. But I even showed her the ones of in college we did. And she still said it was awkward. <laughs> and I'm like, but- Ouch. I meant to be a little bit. Right. Like, look, look, we, we embraced the fact we were a bunch of small creators. We did. I still do. Um, which, Stephen, something I wanted to ask you more than, and also posting that con- small content creator page you have. Yeah. Because you know me, I used to love acting. Yeah. I still do. 
But now I realize I'm moving more away from acting and more into like, I want to direct and tell a story through that. Okay. Has that ever happened to you before where you were wanting to do one media of content creation, but you moved to another? Yes. I, I wanted to do a lot more of the, excuse me, like video filmmaking and like the producing with the sound uh, technology and so on and so forth. I wanted to do more of the technical end. But the older I got, the more in love I fell with the writing. Because yeah. I remembered looking back at like the old stuff that we did and even some of the stuff that we do now. And the stuff that I enjoy the most is the writing process. I right. enjoy the idea planning, the world creation, the story setup, uh, coming up with topics for us to talk about, uh, coming up with some one-liners here and there. Or retelling yeah. a, a funny story. Like, I, I enjoy the writing aspect more than anything else. This is a meme, too. Or it's a meme template. Yeah. Okay. Hold. <laughs> yes, I love that line. Because when the new Spider-Man movie came out, that was the meme template going around. Hey, guys, sorry I'm late. Had to beat an old woman with a stick for these tickets. Because <laughs> it was hard, like. Spider-Man No Way Home was one, the most anticipated movie of 2021. And it performed so well. It did. To the fact that they're re-releasing it with 11 minutes of new footage. They're which, doing it to make up for the loss they made from Morbius, probably. Probably, but you know what? That means new content. As long as I can get more of the Spider-Man, more Matt Murdock, and Toby fighting the Goblin... Oh, that's some cranberry sauce. I'm sorry. It's not blood. Yeah. <laughs> I bleed cranberry sauce now. I have become Thanksgiving. I am Thanksgiving. Which, guys, you know what this means now? What? This is a Thanksgiving movie. <gasps> I'm trying to get my brother. My brother and I couldn't go see our extended family for Thanksgiving last year. Oh. And so I try to get my brother. We're, we're home. And so I try to get my brother. I was like, hey, do you want to watch this? You want to watch Spider-Man? He's at this scene on Thanksgiving, and he just said no. Oh. What? JT, we'll, how could you? We'll beat him up. We, he, we, he was tired, and we were all tired from oh, okay. things, so it was, it was okay. All right, then, then then I'll let it slide. That means that he's going to say that he's going to let it slide, and he's going to beat him up anyways. Shh, don't tell them my plan. Guess guess I am the fruitcake, Parker. No. And when he gave the fruitcake, that's when I realized he truly was the villain of this story. Yeah. That's right, Spider-Man. You have to eat this fruitcake. Oof. Alright, now MJ's got her problems, but like... It's obvious that he doesn't know MJ at that point. Good lord. Father of the year. But that was the goblin talking. Mm -hmm. I never noticed that. I feel like the moment that we saw, like the moment that the goblin switch happened was the drop of blood. Yes. Because mm -hmm. everything after that was so much more sinister than already creepy Norman. Yes. This is what happens when you drink too much monster. <laughs> The point of this movie, don't drink monster, people. This is true. Battery acid. A heart, Osborne. It, the monster will kill your heart.
I, I feel like this interpretation of Goblin was, wait a second, wait, a, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. I'm waiting. I was more, about more than to one say second. that this version of the Goblin was probably very heavily influenced by Smeagol. But then I remembered this movie was being made at the same time as Lord of the Rings. You're right. So there's they, they literally just had two characters very similar come out at the same time. Yes. Well, the Lord of the Rings, the book, predates Spider-Man, the character. So, you know, you could make that argument that, yes, that did happen. Yes. I, I It does. Oh. Finish it! How she didn't die from fright in this scene, I'll never know. Right? Yeah. Finish, Finish it! K.O. Yeah, she should have at least got a heart attack and been more in critical condition. Which I, clearly she has trauma. Yeah, the shock is definitely there. Daggum, Toby Maguire's facial expressions are just so good. Yes. And I wish people realized that more uh, through his acting. Yes. Because, yes, his. Mm. Like, yeah. I remember when, and, and I, I really have to get better at this. Like, I used to, and I sometimes still do, like the newer thing. So I think that's why in high school I liked Garfield, just because it was newer. I think I matured out of that a little. I still struggle with that a little bit. But because I remember we had a talk about that, Stephen, in high school. And the reason you thought Toby was better was because of Andrew's facial expressions. Mm -hmm. But I also made the counter argument of the goofy faces he made. Yeah, that's true. Because, but yes, no, like, gosh, I just love Spider-Man, guys. That's fun. It's because he's a fun. good character. It is a it good is character. my hot take that he is the greatest superhero ever made. Oh, he is probably one of the best. So he's he's an everyman. Someone yes. once said that Spider-Man fans only like Spider-Man when he's broke, miserable, and have all of his relationships ruined. And he's like, his life is like on the skids. And like, you're darn right we do. That's correct. That's because that's like the entirety of Spider-Man all the time. Yeah. He's always the good guy that gets beat up. That's what got his, his comics so popular in the first place. Fun fact, though, about another Spider-Man voice actor whom I love very much. Yuri Longfall. Lone yeah, he's actually really good. It's from the game, Peter right? Parker. From the game. He's he done good. Sasuke from Naruto. He's done another favorite character from a Persona game. Persona 4, I think. And then, what else has he been in? He's been in others. But his main two ones recently are Sasuke and um, Peter. Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Spider-Peter. Yeah, he, he does a great job as Spider-Man, I think. When um when I first got the ability to un like change my outfit in Spider Man, like I picked, the you get the Mag the Tobey Maguire skin right off the bat, and so I just put it on and I haven't changed it since. <laughs> yeah, next time I play those games, which I might be doing through Twitch, which I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do it this way. I'm either going to swap between the three Spider Man movie costumes, so Toby's um. Garfield and Holland 
But then I also kind of want to just stick to the normal traditional, like his the average suit, the white spider logo, which that's a that's a dope logo. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is probably exactly yeah. This is exactly where I stopped last night. <laughs> it's a good. Oh, scene. Yeah, there's only like 26 minutes left in the film, and I yeah. feel like I feel like this is really the first moment that we can see that Peter is too good for MJ. Like his yes. his loyalty is too strong for her, and I feel like that's the moment that we kind of like we first get that sock in the face of that. Yeah, well, I'm going to play devil's advocate. End Uh-oh. defense for Mary Jane. Okay. Okay. No one did nerd like him. <laughs> no. She hey. did try. Okay. And between, we there's a time period of two years in between this movie and two. We know that she's dated um, jo- Jameson's son, mm-hmm. the astronaut. She tried to tell, like, to make her feelings known before, but he still wouldn't reciprocate because he realized the responsibility he had. Right. Moving on with Spider-Man 2, she was, I wouldn't say she was being manipulative, but she did say a lot of things that Peter didn't need to hear. And when he was trying, which to be fair, when Peter was trying, she was engaged. But that was after he lost his power, okay? Get his powers back. She finds out who he is. She leaves the man he, she was going to marry at the altar. On to Spider-Man 3. Peter was the one who was pushing her away in Spider-Man 3. Does that make the decision she made right? No, but you can see why she made those decisions in Spider-Man 3. That is fair. That is fair. To the point that we're like, when she breaks up with Peter, it was to save Peter's life from Harry. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. we we give her a bad rep, but me recently watching those movies, the only time I will make MJ as a bad character is which this is just like Smallville too. Lana and Chloe and all the other women who like had feel except for Lois, but Lana and Chloe were like awful to Clark up until they knew his secret. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for Smallville, which sucks. It's been how long y'all don't get a spoiler for Smallville? It's hey. fine. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, but some listeners might. It's been how long since that series came out? 21 years. 21 years. It's old enough to drink. <laughs> but yes. It's going to drink a lot during season four. That's actually the season me and Lindsay are watching now. It, like dropping quality at that point. It's, well, it's got some of the best episodes in the series and also the worst. Yeah, they started adding a lot more sex scenes because the characters were in seniors in high school. So they started doing that. They brought in the magic element, which I know is in DC, but it didn't fit in Smallville. Mm -hmm. And then that was honestly my really big two gripes. It it felt like they were trying to do too much with the character's limitations. Yeah. That is a DC property. We can't say that. (laughs) 
man, it's wild how much happens in like the last couple of minutes of this of this movie. Because here we right? are almost at the end, and we've still mm-hmm. got a lot that happens. And somehow yeah. it doesn't feel rushed. No, like I was just about to say that, like when I realized last night and in this movie that there was 26 minutes left, I was like, there's no way because it doesn't feel like 26 minutes. Right. That's what you get when you get a perfectly paced movie, people. Mm -hmm. And it's something even with the third movie, with the third movie's flaws, it still has that good pacing that Sam Raimi was able to pay a place in this movie. Yes, my only complaint about Spider-Man 3 is we didn't get enough black suit Spider-Man. Like, sure, he was wearing it and he was still influenced by it, but we never saw him in the black suit a whole lot. And it looked rad. The movie version looked rad. I liked it. I liked the design. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest issue was Eddie. And the funny thing is, Topher Grace was actually a huge Spider-Man fan as well. Like, and, and I don't know how he honestly felt. Like, if, if you watch the, I watched the Spider-Man Three commentary track with the DVD as a kid, and because I adored that movie when I was younger, and I still do. But like, he was the one that was. To- he and Sam Raimi were like talking about it a lot, and Topher, Topher Grace was just fanboying over Spider-Man. Just like, I was so happy to be in this movie, and I love the characters and everything. I think that was the first um, commentary I watched of a movie because I also loved these movies as a kid. And Tobey Maguire was quiet throughout most of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to go back to your thing, Stephen, that Eddie was the pr- problem. Well, remember, the studio pushed him to have Venom. That's true. So, like, yeah, yeah if it feels like Venom and Eddie are the problem, it's probably because that wasn't in Sam Raimi's original vision. If If... If he was being set up as a villain in the third one, and then they actually made a fourth one, if yeah. they made a fourth one with Venom being the villain, then that would have worked better. Yeah, agreed. Because he, yeah, but like Harry was good. Harry was the best villain in the movie. Yes, and uh, and they Sandman didn't bring him back either. for No Way Home. Uh, Topher Grace actually was in No Way Home. He just didn't play Venom. Really? Yeah, he just played it. He, he was like a he played an extra, I think. Hmm. Didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> okay, that's another cheesy CGI moment. Yeah, CGI was 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 new, so newer. So I don't. Yeah. They, they, yeah. It's almost like they were going for a 3D effect. The, ah, I'm going to get up in your face and growl so that the people think it's cool. I think they were trying to make it seem like it was scary rather than cool or other than cool. Scary think, rather. Anyway. In Lord of the Rings, for the most part, the CGI is aged well. I think there's oh. some, type, some parts where it doesn't look that great, but for the most part, it does. I would yeah. argue that the, the main times that it doesn't age well is in the extended scenes. Especially from, uh... okay, wait, wait, I'll pause there and get back to this. This moment right here, I just realized this as we were setting up for this episode, this scene. The reason I found out that I like it so much is because this sets the tone for the entirety of the other two movies and Spider-Man's character. Yeah. Because all of his issues come from 
trying to save both. If he were yeah. just to yes. focus on his personal life, he could do it just fine. If he were just to focus on saving the city, he could do it fine. But because he tries to do both, that's where all of his struggles and his woes come from. Right. Grab Mary Jane, put her on top of the thing, and that's what I mean. That's I've seen the movie. I like how the guy, like the adult in the car, is like very calm. And the other kids are just screaming. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was I saying that I would? Something about Lord of the Rings and the yeah, extent... yeah, the CGI I'm... didn't look great in extended cut. Yeah, I'm very anti extended edition for Lord of the Rings. The... That is wrong. No, no. <laughs> okay, I'll give you this, Fellowship had the best extended scenes fellowships. I did a, I did a TikTok series where I went through every one of the extended scenes as a first time viewer. And I realized that the ones that I really had the most problem with were from return. Mm. I did not like the extended scenes from return. They just, it just felt a little ceremony was should have been in there. Like ceremony was the most important one. Saruman and the mouth of Sauron. I didn't mind. They Saruman had to be scene not being there. Sermon should have been in there. No. It really should have. No. Yes, because Stephen, Stephen, listen, listen to this. My argument for why he should have been in there is the first two movies he was he was built up as one of the threats, and then for him to not be there in the third one really feels kind of. It's also in the book. Like the I know part. it's in the book, but taking the books out of the equation, just watching it from a movies because. I didn't read the books until college. I always wondered what happened to Saruman because he was not in the, um, he was not in, well, I don't know. Cause I'm remembering now that, um, Treebeard did say that he is in the tower and we're going to keep watch over it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Also, Mary Jane's fingers would have been ripped off right there. Yes. I, I think that. See, I never had a problem with that, and I think that my reason for not having a problem with it was that uh, once his army is destroyed, he's really just a wizard. Mm. And at this point, Gandalf is as equal of a powerful wizard as him, if not more so powerful. Yeah. So then he's not as much of a threat anymore. So what are your problems with the extended versions? I mean, I guess we'll revisit this when we get to the Lord of the Rings movies, because we will, people, we will get to the Lord of the Rings movies. Got some administrative stuff to work out, because that's, even without doing extended editions, that's still three hours worth of talking. Well worth it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think my real issue with it is, I feel like it breaks the tone. Oh, by the way, this uh, this whole ending segment... Even though I don't think it's the most well done part of the film, it's always my favorite. It's the grittiest and Yeah, that's why I like it is because of the gritty grittiness of it. Yeah. This well, the setup about how that they do the part with the god with the glider at the very end was actually really well done. Yes. And it's the first it's moment right, I think right. where Spider Man really feels in danger. Yeah. And again, most of his energy has been expelled because yeah. he tried to save both. Yep. So at this point, he is, like we were saying earlier, he's the hero that takes the beating. 
because he yeah. tries to do the right thing for everyone and somebody has to take the hit. So it might as well be him. And like I said, how his mask is very like stiff and not animated. I think they make up for it when we get moments like these where he is beaten and bruised and the mask is basically ripped and not usable. Because yes. this is the most, this is the Spider-Man that is not in his mask the most. Yes. And it's, I I think it's, it really is one of the coolest scenes. Yeah. Because it gives mm. you that sense of hopelessness that you've, you know, that the goblin's supposed to like make you feel at this point. Yeah. Slow. I do wish we say every four twenty. (laughs) (laughs) I do wish we had seen a little bit more of this weapon. Yeah, because like it shows up, it looks sinister, and it looks like he knows what he's doing with it, and then it's gone. Yeah. Oof. And then Sam Raimi coming again, flexing his uh horror elements with the hand sticking out. Yeah. Two of my favorite movie trilogies as a kid was this and Lord of the Rings. And it b- blew my mind when I realized that both of them were made by people that primarily made horror movies to start with. Yeah. I didn't know that about Peter Jackson. We did. Dead Alive is one of the most gory films ever made. (laughs) Hmm. Earlier we were talking about, like, the over-compassion towards villains. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... I feel like this flirts with that idea, but it doesn't fully embrace it. Well... Going back to what you were saying, how, like, where it started, argument could be said it, it started with this series, not here. Right. But, like, um, Doc, Dr. Octavius, Doc Ock in the next movie, which, honestly, he did evil acts, yes, but, like, once he regained his humanity and he, you know, sacrificed himself to save the city. And then we get Sandman again with how he did kill Uncle Ben, but it was an accident, and Peter learned to forgive. So argument could be said, this is the series that might have started it. That's fair, yeah. I also never noticed this until now, but, like, the mask being halfway across his face... Mm-hmm. Really does also in in capture like the two sides of Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> that brief pause oh, where wow. he says "oh" before it stabs him. Yeah. That is classic Sam Raimi. Yeah. Every man in the world is clenching right now. Yep. Oh. Why did he fall over when he's like pinned like that? I don't know. For a while, I thought when I was younger, I thought, how did that kill him? He just got his balls pinned. And then I realized, oh, like 
every major artery in your legs is right around there. So he, yep. he just bled out. I always thought it was a little bit above that. I feel like above the waist. That's what I thought. He felt. I, I did too, but you can clearly see it is no, nowhere near the waist. It's kind of under it, you know? Uh-oh. Hey, buddy. James Franco is an underappreciated actor. I know. he. I don't know why. He recently got into a lot of, like, flack. I don't remember what was it, what it was about. What was it? Me neither. Creep. Maybe that's what it was. It was what? A creep. Oh, creep. No, yes, yeah, I, I do that. agree he's a good actor. Um, Again, here we see like, his. Uh, I mean, this is the consequence of him trying to trying to take care of both now. Yep. And it's. I, I think it really helps a lot that this is like Harry's driving moment that pushes him mm-hmm. into the rest of the trilogy. Yep. Because he ne- he he needed something. Sure, he played a small role in this movie, but. He really yeah. needed a driving force for the rest of the series because he was very a passive character. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realize until like watching it just now about how little Harry is actually in the first movie. Right? Compared to the other two. Yeah, he plays he plays a minor role, but at the same time he's like looking for his purpose. And he doesn't find that purpose until his dad's death. But yeah, this the monologue here is great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, get ready for that meme counter. Yep. How long have we been going? We've actually well now now. The uh um Goblin Death was actually another one of them, so I, I just forgot to hit it. Oh. <laughs> and then like with the, the mask being ripped open, it was sort of like my underwear staring at me. Per, oh, dropping yeah, five hundred dollars yeah. on a PlayStation Five or something like that. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to mention before we get to the final swing, Stephen, did you know now that Spider Man is on PC, you can mod and be Uncle Ben's grave? Yes. What? Yeah, you can swing around New York City as Uncle Ben's gravestone. PC Master <laughs> Race, baby. There's also a mod where you can play as Stan Lee, where you can play as Kingpin. Oh, I it's would great. exclusively play yep. as Stan There's Lee. Theme, I think. Now, as much as we do give MJ a hard time, I do think that if he had embraced at this point and revealed that he was Spider-Man, I, I think that a lot of their relationship problems would have gone away. No, I agree. And like I was saying earlier, like, we give a lot of flack for MJ, but she really doesn't do anything wrong except maybe the midsection of Spider-Man 2. Because mm-hmm. everything else isn't her fault. Where she starts running around with John Jameson. Who, fun yeah. fact, uh, John Jameson was a pilot for the Avengers for a while. He flew the plane. Huh. And uh, he married She-Hulk. Or he married really? She-Hulk. Really? Now yes. that's interesting. That is interesting. And I think the fact that he became a werewolf was what ruined their marriage, but... Um, <laughs> That'll do it. You big in it against werewolves? You don't like no. lycanthropes? Uh, well, no, I, I don't. 
What's wrong with you? Well, I'm a non-werewolf person. Are you telling me you were Team Edward back in 2008? Hey, now, that is neither here nor there. <laughs> but yes. He was. Because he was a vampire, and I liked vampires. Not Nobody, only that, but you liked the There's not fight a single good character in Twilight except for I Bella's did like, dad. I did like... Yeah, Bella's dad is the greatest character. No. Unless... Guys? They're all awful. Should should we do Twilight? No, or is that pushing? No, that's pushing. Right, this sorry, far sorry. in my life without watching the Twilight movies. If we I watch Twilight, we just do now. that to take the piss out of it. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's no different than what we do now. I mean, I mean, only true. more so. True. I just feel like it'd be a little bit of a a, a punishment for myself if I went from not seeing the movie at all <laughs> to having to see it twice. Are you really like watching that. it the second time when we're you're just watching blind? It? You could watch it blind. Oh, I can't do that. What if everyone else watches it except for you? Everyone else watches it. Hmm. Everyone else will watch Twilight. We'll have talking points, but we'll watch your reaction to it. That'd be this an interesting twist. That would be a very interesting twist. I think about it. All right. I'm glad we got this talking point out of the way because I really want to just watch this final swing for who it, for what it is. It is glorious. This is, I think, my favorite final swing in all the Spider-Man movies. I mean, they... Did the third one they, even have one? No, Spider-Man 3 didn't have one. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 didn't have one. Homecoming didn't have one. Far From Home did and technically No Way, no home, way did. home did. It was just a very short one. The no Way Home one was nice. Gosh, I love this movie. That's yeah. my favorite shot. Mm-hmm. It's good, Ugh. and it, I, I think it was good that they put so much effort into that final swing. It really, it really added that last punch that the movie needed. Yep. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, when this came out, was, I was se- I was six or seven years old when the first Spider-Man film came out. I didn't watch it until I was like eleven, but um, I. Um, this when this movie came out, and that's when all the Spider-Man merchandise was coming out. And I remember ABC Family had like these marathons of Spider-Man cartoons. They played mm-hmm. a bunch of different ones, and that was when watching those, and then like getting into like the Spider-Man cartoon from the '90s. But this was when I got into Spider-Man when this movie came out. And I feel like that's and true of a lot of people our age. Yeah, and he's been my favorite superhero ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was six when this movie came out. I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I do remember like watching the crap out of this movie. Like this, anytime I wanted to watch a movie, this was the one I would go to. Yeah, was always my favorite of the trilogy. Yeah, hero can save, save us. Wait. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to call it here now. Um, this has been this has been a good watch, a good bit of nostalgia, and honestly, like uh, the superhero genre is better off because of this movie. Yes. Now, if only we can get back to that great superhero ness from this genre, from the genre. Yeah. But one day, one day, you guys got any closing thoughts? This. Just, uh, Go ahead. Oh, you go first. No, you go first. Jeff. You go first. This is a wonderful film. The one good first part. The second part's even better. It's the best one. 
But it, this is an example of what happens when someone who was a big fan of something was able to do something he'd wanted to do for a long time. And his appreciation for the source material is what drove the film. Agreed. Yep. And um, I think June is probably the closest it's come to that in recent years. But yeah. yes, it was great, perfect, understood the comics, it got understood the assignment, and uh, it's, it's why everyone still loves the original trilogy. Yeah. There you go, and honestly, I got nothing to add to that. That was spot on, and um, this is, again, one of my favorite movie series. Again, it, this movie just makes me feel not only nostalgic, but makes me love good storytelling, and this is probably one of the movies, if I really think about it, this is probably one of the movies that got me into storytelling, if I really think about it. Yeah. But yeah, and I can't wait to do the other two. Eventually. Eventually, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And uh, the only thing I have to add to it is uh, this movie inspired me to write my own comic called Toilet Paper Boy. Kid gets struck by lightning while grabbing a roll of toilet paper. He shoots toilet paper. <laughs> his mom gets electrocuted while she's washing her hands she, so she becomes the evil water lady well there you go it was something alright guys we'll wrap up and we will see you guys soon peace out homies bye bye remember we're just a couple guys who talk through movies stop trying to create a closer it's not gonna work it's going to work we need a closer thank you Detroit good night thank you Detroit that's a good one okay thank you Detroit <laughs> Thank you, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs>